classes in session. We are going to grade out the position groups for the Penn State Nittany Lions today. Plus, James Franklin said what? I react to Coach's weekly press conference on today's Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. First, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. My name is Zach Seiko. I'm your host of Locked On Nitty Lions. And in today's show, I'm going to grade out the Penn State football team through three weeks of action, the offense, the defense, the special teams, the position groups. Then James Franklin gave his weekly press conference yesterday, highlight some of the most important quotes, the subjects that we're discussing, give you my thoughts on his takes about Penn State football. And then I'm going to wrap up this show by teasing what's to come for tomorrow. Something interesting, a little bit of a hot take that when I brought it up to people, most haven't agreed with it. Let's start with grading this Nittany Lion football team. I'm going to be a generous grader here. You're 3-0. and You're ranked 14th in the AP Top 25 means you're doing something right. And we'll start with the offense. They get an overall A. Quarterback A. Now, why did I give the quarterback room an A? That starts with all three guys looking really good. Sean Clifford has turned the ball over once and has accounted for five passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. The pick six is obviously a blemish against Purdue, but I'm not going to look at that as heavily since it didn't really count in factoring a win or a loss. Had that led to a Purdue victory, things might be a little different here. But Sean Clifford, despite that interception, has played very clean football. He's tough as nails. He really needs to get a lot more credit for what he does. The hits that he takes, he's smart with the football. He's probably the smartest player out there on the field at all times. One of the smartest guys on this Nittany Line roster and is making the right decisions more often than he has in the past. I mean, Sean Clifford has taken a step forward under Mike Yursich this year. Drew Allers looked really good. He's everything that's been advertised. It was kind of a surprise that he was going to be QB number two, and the way he's played shows why. No, it's not a situation where Aller can threaten Sean Clifford for the job. I don't know that Drew Aller is quite ready to go into a hostile environment like a blackout at Purdue an orange out at Auburn, and lead the team. Does he have all the athletic traits? Absolutely. But allow the game to slow down for him. Let him learn. There is a case of pulling the cart before the horses are ready. And to get him in this incremental action, he saw time against Purdue. He saw a good chunk of football against Ohio. I expect him to play a lot on Saturday against Central Michigan. Running backs... Compared to last year, they get a 100 out of 100. Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen have been such a revelation. Kevon Lee is a solid depth piece along with Devin Ford. And that and that's the conversation that it is now. It's Singleton and Allen. I said in the preseason that I wouldn't be surprised if Singleton and Allen are the one and two by week four. Well, it turns out they're a week ahead of schedule. To have that home run ability... 
to have a guy that is so stout and has such good vision to see the field the way both of them do. Singleton gets the lane, gets to the outside where he likes to be the most because then he can turn on the Jets and go free. Allen is great at running between the tackles, getting you four or five yards guarantee, punching it in when you're right in front of the goal line, and is very tough to bring down when there's a pile. Running backs get an A because there was not a single 100-yard rusher last year, and now Singleton's done it twice. I think Noah Kane and Kevon Lee had eight rushing touchdowns together, four apiece. Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton had four against Auburn. The running game provides that balance, and the running backs having that talent makes it that much better. Pass catchers, I'll give a B plus. They've been solid. Mitchell Tinsley's been really good. Parker Washington has been good as well. They looked great against Purdue. There's a lot of depth there as well. Mari Evans, Trey Wallace, Caden Saunders saw a little bit of action against Ohio. There's things to like. Keandre Lambert-Smith has stepped up. He's gotten better. I just like to see improvement from guys that have been in the program for some consecutive years now, and that's what you're getting. Tinsley's instant impact, instant chemistry with Sean Clifford is very important since he is the X receiver and is going to run those option routes and has to communicate with Clifford. They have to be on the same page in sync at all times. I will give them a B plus until they really stand out and Sean Clifford has more of an aerial game. They just haven't asked, been asked to do a whole lot, but they haven't made any mistakes. And that includes the tight ends as well. Brenton Strange has probably been the best of the quote-unquote pass catchers if we're including the tight ends. Tyler Warren's been fairly quiet. He's been a reliable blocker, but fairly quiet in the passing game. They haven't asked him to do uh, one of those wildcat formations just yet. And the offensive line, B-plus as well because they mauled Auburn. Had it not been for an astounding performance against Auburn, they would get probably a C, maybe a C-plus. Because against Purdue, they looked okay. They were good in pass blocking, but run blocking, there really wasn't much working. And Purdue's defensive line was not good. Ohio, same thing. They just really weren't pushing everybody off the line of scrimmage. There was some pressure. Fortunately, Clifford and Aller are so good in the pocket that they're just able to move and shift around where they need to. But they saved that big performance for Auburn. And they get bonus points against Auburn. So the offensive line gets a B-plus because out of the best group they've faced so far, they turned in their best performance. They heard all the criticism. They heard all the room for improvements. And they took that and they ran with it. Offensive line is just outside of an A-minus grade, really. So the offense as a whole gets an A. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have all the access to best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, your home for everything Penn State sports, especially football in the middle of the season. I am your host, Zach Seiko. And again, when you're 3-0 and and you're in the top 15, your defense is going to get an A as well. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a really easy grader for Penn State football so far this season. It's just been really revitalizing to see the team command the season. Last year's team started 3-0, and but they weren't dominating. Wisconsin could have easily won that game last year. They looked okay against Ball State. They won the way they should. That's a MAC opponent as well. They play a lot of teams in the MAC, if you haven't noticed. And then Auburn, it came down to the final play. Auburn wasn't going to get that Hail Mary throw from the 40, but it got close. It was only 28-20. to 20. They looked in control against Purdue. They dominated Ohio, and then they dominated an SEC opponent. Defense is a big part of that. I'm going to start with the defensive line. D-line, since they're up front, they get a B. Just a little disappointing because if you've heard any of my conversations about the defensive line, I rated them on par, if not better than the secondary. They have so much depth at that position and a lot of good quality guys. I could rattle them all off. P.J. Mustafer coming back is obviously huge. Adisa Isaac coming back. They've recovered well from their injuries, and they've performed well. Hakeem Beeman is back from injury. You have him. You have rotational guys like Jordan Vandenberg, Amin Vanover. You hope that Smith Vilbert and Kaziah Izzard, whatever they're dealing with, I assume injuries, but we don't know for sure since James Franklin won't reveal that. Those are all the quality guys on the defensive line. Then you factor in a five-star prospect like Deny Dennis Sutton. This is a really well-rounded group, but they struggled against Purdue. They didn't get as much push against Ohio. Then they looked so much better against Auburn, but I think some blitz packages and some scheming really helped them out. B for now, but I really think that's what I mean. It, In terms of being a little underwhelmed, I think they have a potential still, and they showed it against Auburn. Linebackers have been solid. They've received a lot of criticism. I'm going to give them a B. Jonathan Sutherland, I like the way that he's played in the new linebacker role coming down from safety. Kobe King, Tyler Elsden, Abdul Carter makes this group so much better. And when we hear from James Franklin and his thoughts on the press conference from this week leading up to Central Michigan, we're going to highlight that quote specifically just as a little bit of a teaser about Abdul Carter. But Abdul Carter has sent this group from the C range to the B range, and the group just looks so much better. Still some depth concerns. You don't want to see any of those guys get hurt. I haven't even mentioned Curtis Jacobs, but Curtis Jacobs, Abdul Carter, and Tyler Elsden have really looked good. Jonathan Sutherland has played good football as well. They get a B from me. Defensive back, A, Joey Porter Jr., Keaton Ellis, Caleb King, Johnny Dixon, Jair Brown. What can you say about this group? They are littered with talent. They're showing it. It is a headache for offenses to pass against this team, and they're so tough and physical that they help out in the run game. They're forcing turnovers. Didn't even mention Jalen Reed, Zach Wheatley, already forced two turnovers in limited action compared to the starters of Ellis and Brown. And that's what I mean. You just have so much depth back there. They are the best position group on defense, and they will be throughout the remainder of the season, and they've showed it. Special teams gets a B as well. 
uh, punting has looked very good and very surprising compared to Jordan Stout. And speaking of Jordan Stout, James Franklin mentioned him in this week's press conference and said that I thought he was the best punter in the country, and he was. Jordan Stout should not have been left off of any award watch lists. He should not have been uh, lower in All-America nominations, and he was because people are just lazy and they look at stats. They look at the, oh, how far did this punter boot the football when it was a rugby-style kick and they just get the bounce and the coverage team is able to get to it in time. Jordan Stout had the best hang time. He had the best net punt average, but that didn't matter to the voters. He was the best punter, and it's why he was selected as the first punter in this past NFL draft. Barney Amore has stepped up, with that being said. Barney Amore isn't quite Jordan Stout in terms of that leg ability, but man, he knows how to place the football. He knows how to get that nice backspin, that bounce, so that when he does angle it inside the 10, inside the 5, the coverage team, they don't have to do a whole lot to stop it. He's just really good at getting that backside bounce on the football. And it's a big reason why the special teams is the way it is. The reason it's in a B category for me, uh, kicking has been questionable. Jake Pinnegar made a 48-yard field goal against Auburn. That's really good. That's reassuring. But he still missed the shorter one against Ohio and missed a PAT. You just don't want to be in a situation where you're missing 40-ish yard field goals and PATs. You want to be reliable. I would understand if he missed almost a 50-yard field goal, but made those ones that were consistently expected. You haven't really seen a whole lot on the kick return. They're getting back to the 20, the 25. Punt return's been excellent, though. Parker Washington has showed a lot of flashback there. He knows how to make people miss. He looked really good against Purdue. But I just want to see, I really want to see that electrifying kick return. We, we really haven't seen that since Saquon Barkley. He had the touchdown uh, against Indiana. He had that one return to open up the game against Ohio State at, the, at Ohio State. I want, I want that back. And Nicholas Singleton's back there. Can he do it? Time will tell. He's young. But that's why the special teams gets a B. Punning's been really good. Kickoff. Sanders Sahadek, Gabe Wosu, they're reliable. They're either booting it through the end zone or the kick coverage is there. So there's no concerns. There haven't been any touchdowns for Penn State in the kicking game. There also haven't been any allowed. So you take the good with the bad, I guess. James Franklin gave his weekly press conference. Had a lot to talk about. I've noticed when listening to these press conferences that after a win... James Franklin's got about 15 extra minutes in him to talk to the media and wants to share some things. After a loss, it's pretty stoic, a little on the shorter end. Don't blame him. There's really not as much to talk about. Just kind of get back to work and go about business. But after a win, James Franklin's Mr. Chatty. Oh, it's uh, It was a good press conference. Some of the things that were discussed, the opening statement from James recapped Auburn and previewed Central Michigan, that's pretty standard, previews the upcoming opponent and recaps what happened in the last game, gives all the stats or the th- the battles that they win, the turnover battle, the big play battle, that kind of thing. The offensive line, the hard hit hammer, if you've seen that, somebody is carrying the this hammer into games, and that's something that Manny Diaz helped bring on. So it's not exactly the turnover chain but the hard hit hammer is given to whoever had the hardest hit from the last game, and they get to walk out with it onto the field. Pretty neat. Brenton Strange was brought up. The 
Eli Manning, disguised as Chad Powers, run-on quarterback, and if he was going to make the team in the whole Eli's Places production, running the ball under center, boosting the Penn State brand, Singleton's national recognition, the four-game redshirt policy, the different looks on defense, Katron Allen, and Abdul Carter. That's the press conference in a nutshell, and... I'm not going to go through every single quote because I'd probably have to do about five more episodes before I got through all of the quotes and then gave you my reaction. But here's a few that stood out to me. The first one is the Penn State brand because this really helps with recruiting. James Franklin's best asset as a head coach leading this program is his ability to recruit. Here was the question. You just beat Auburn two days later and you get all this Chad Power stuff which keeps the program in the news. We all know who Hingle McCringleberry is. How important is it that Penn State is kind of cool that people look at these things and it helps your brand? This is what James Franklin had to say. I think your point is a good one. This is a game. It should be fun for the players, for the coaches, our fans, alumni, and for the community. Although the videos everybody puts out, the hype videos are good and cool, and they serve a purpose as well, providing other opportunities to kind of peek behind the curtain and show some personality and allow people to see some of the things and have some fun. Whether it's in the summer canceling a practice or going to the pool or bowling or out to Bald Eagle Lake or whatever it is, you do need to have some things that are a change of pace. And whether that's internally for your program or whether that's extremely externally to give people maybe different content and different looks, different things to look at, there is value in it. I don't think there is any doubt about it. Again, it can't be at the expense of what you're here to do, which is to educate young people and put your team in the best position to win. Make sure you don't lose sight of what you're here to do and mix in the fun things. This is actually a very important quote because... It does make Penn State look much more than just X's and O's and everything else. This is a lifestyle. Families are sending their kids to James Franklin and this coaching staff for hypothetically four years of school. And you want it to be more than just business-like. You want them to enjoy the college life, have a strong academic component, And everything else that goes along with it. And this makes Penn State football seem enjoyable. You want to be able to have the wins but also enjoy it. Those locker room videos of them dancing and Coach Franklin having fun and smiling. That's honestly the best recruiting. Eli Manning coming to town is really neat. It's cool. But he's done that for other. He has got a him and Peyton have a whole series on it. That's not the difference maker. The difference maker is seeing the team enjoying themselves and doing things outside of football together. That could be the final component to selling somebody on Penn State football. The next quote that I thought was one of the more important ones was the redshirt eligibility subject. The question goes, a couple years ago, the NCAA changed the redshirt policy, allowing you to play a lot of these younger guys more now than you would have in the past. Do you have to take that in the back of your mind when you're putting guys out there right now? Should we see fewer younger guys moving forward as you try to preserve eligibility? And Franklin said, I think that's a fair point. There will be a strategy to it, right? There will be some guys we play early. They show that they're going to have a significant role for us and we're going to keep playing them. We talked about a guy this morning that has played. Maybe there has been some bumps and bruises and he's doing okay, but we still think the best thing to do is to probably redshirt him if we can. 
Your point is about the four game rule and trying when we can to be strategic and how we use those two games. Sometimes it doesn't always play out that way. This young man has already played in two games. I would have liked for one of the games to be this week, but because of some injuries, we had to play him earlier. It is a conversation and there is more flexibility now based on the NCAA rule changes that help with that. That's just it. Back in the day when you played a guy, their red shirt was done. That was it. So you had to hold guys out and you couldn't get them this in-game experience. James Franklin understands how valuable it is. If you can get guys in against Ohio, against Central Michigan, in a blowout game against Auburn, before you have to thrust them into a high-stakes situation against, let's just take Michigan or Ohio State, but say the Michigan State game's close. Say Minnesota's close. And then your first game experience is a whiteout? There's a lot of guys that are going to lose their red shirt this year, and that's okay. That's Abdul Carter, Deny Dennis Sutton, Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, Drew Aller. Drew Aller's played against Purdue, Ohio, Auburn, and he's definitely going to play against Central Michigan. There's his four games. So you would like to have those guys to have an extra year of eligibility at the end of the day. That in-game experience early as freshmen is going to help them as they get older. The final quote that stood out to me was his thoughts on the defensive looks. The question goes, you mentioned giving teams different looks offensively, obviously going under center and going under gun. You seem to do that more defensively this year, too, with the looks you're giving. How does that help with the aggressiveness when you can't put different personnel packages out there to add some confusion to it? How does the depth at corner and safety add to that as well? And James Franklin says, you're talking about different, more personnel groupings on defense is what you're saying. I think it's more. We have gone on a three-down lineman look in the past. I think the difference is where it's probably a little bit different this year. Who are those body types that are out there? There have been a lot of conversations like about having seven DBs on the field. That's because we feel like our DBs are a strength this year. Coming into the season, there were question marks at linebacker than there were at DB. That will change year to year based on getting your best players on the field and these different personnel groupings also help with that, right? You may be able to play a kid earlier in his career because he may not be able to do these two or three things, but he can do this. So that's a factor in it as well, but I think it probably feels that way more than, in my mind, the reality of it. It's just because of the strengths of our DB room, if that's fair. It's actually a pretty interesting response when you think about it. I thought that we were going to get a blueprint of, hey, here's what we're going to do, or this is how we've changed the defense. And it's just honestly, you're using your assets in the best way possible. The strength is the secondary. You can get more guys on the field and create with that. Let's just take a a silly analogy here. If you have blue paint, you're going to use that to paint a sky, right? On a canvas or an ocean, you're not going to use that to paint grass. And that's exactly what James Franklin is doing here. He has assets at the defensive back position. So if you can get creative with those DBs, then do it rather than trying to fit a square peg into a round hole in the sense of forcing Penn State where their strengths are not necessarily at linebacker, which is what he refers to specifically. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games, 
Bet Online is also your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. And if we remember, Penn State is a 26.5 point favorite against Central Michigan this Saturday. And the total is set at 60.5. You can go wager on that game at betonline.net. One more segment coming up. It's a short one, and I'm going to tease tomorrow's show. It's a little bit of a hot take. I want to see if you agree. Debate with me about it. That's all next right here on Locked on Nittany Lions. I am your host, Zach Seiko. Thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment. It is short as promised because this will be a focal point for our conversation tomorrow. Sean Clifford should not play against Central Michigan. I think he should be benched. And I'm not going to go into it much further than that. Sean Clifford should not play against the Chippewas this Saturday. Tomorrow, I'll go in detail why I think that's the case. Everyone's giving me a lot of pushback, and that's fine. But I do not think that Sean Clifford needs to play a single snap against Central Michigan on Saturday. There's more to it, but find out tomorrow on Locked On Nittany Lions. Before I go, know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts on Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of Locked On Nittany Lions. Tomorrow, we debate it. Sean Clifford should not play against Central Michigan on Saturday. Thanks for listening to this edition of Locked On Nittany Lions.